Hello and welcome to the fifth season of Tales from the CSAP Floor, where we cover all things CSAP and Cisco. My name is Nick and I'll be one of the hosts for this season's podcast. I'm originally from Tampa, Florida and currently living in sunny Tampa, Florida as a part of Cisco's CSAP program. Granted, this isn't my day job, but I'm delighted and honored to be your host. This season we'll explore the theme of successes and failures and we'll cover many interesting topics with many interesting guests. So tune in to listen to this season's Tales from the CSAP Floor. I'll see you there. In our first episode for the fifth season, I'll be chatting with Zaid Al-Tahar. Zaid's an ex-CSAPper from the FY21 cohort and now is a global systems engineer covering some of the largest American brands. Enjoy. Zaid, great to see you. Great to see you as well, Nick. So before we hop into the questions, I'd like to tell a quote. So it's from my, one of my favorite authors, Haruki Murakami. He writes novels and fiction, but he wrote a really cool book about the art of running and what he thinks about when he runs. I promise this has a point, so let me just hop into it. So most, the most important thing we learn in school is the fact that the most important things can't be learned at school. I'd like to expand on this quote and substitute school for CSAP. The most important things we learn in CSAP is the fact that the most important things we or the most important things can't be learned in CSAP. I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Well, I think that's a very powerful quote as well, right? Because CSAP specifically is not about the knowledge we gain, but more about the processes and the and the systems we can create to then you know have the best practices towards achieving certain goals, whether it's in sales, whether it's technical aspects, whether it's business acumen, right? It is more about learning the process that creates success rather than just spoon feeding that knowledge. No, absolutely. So I really appreciate you just entertaining me there for a second. So Zaid, let's just bust right into it. Where does this podcast find you? I am based in Dubai, moved over here since 2002 with my family. So over 20 years now in the Middle East region quite sunny at the moment i know most places it's it's winter but we still have a nice nice beachy weather not to rub it into the listeners apologies hey i resonate with that i'm in tampa so i went on a walk this morning it's beautiful weather too so why the csap program why csap i think csap chose me i didn't choose it and and to explain what i mean by that is it was early 2020 as many many of us know covid was just becoming a big big deal most countries were going into lockdowns i was just starting to make my applications to you know some of the industries some of the companies that i'm interested in and most of the responses were hr is putting all positions on hold because of of the COVID situation and the global lockdowns. I came across Cisco. I was familiar with Cisco previously from my college degree. So we worked with some of the Cisco switches and routers and whatsoever. I'm like, okay, let me me check this out. And Cisco was one of the companies was like, oh, lockdowns, COVID, bring it on. That's something we are uniquely equipped to handle. And the CSAP program, the, the, the training program, went ahead during that year virtually. And so pretty much, I, you know, I, it's not that I didn't have any other options, but it was just in that climate and that year, it was very difficult. And Cisco was one of the companies who was resilient and said, hey, the talent acquisition program is not something we want to stop. It's something that needs to continue virtually, right? Yeah, so I think a good point to, to make to that side is that 
other companies zigged when Cisco zagged. So traditionally, the CSAT program is for in the in the European continent. It's in Amsterdam, correct? So in 2020, you everyone it was shifted over virtually. So your path of obtaining a role it seems similar to my path. I'm virtually as well, but we have two different things about us. I you're better looking than me. That's number one. But the other thing is you're an engineer. So where does sales and engineering come in? Because usually we hear salespeople and engineering, they're two different species. So how does, how are you in the CSAT program and I'm in the CSAT program, but you're an engineer and I'm considered a salesperson? So I think that revolves around one, what, is, what makes the most successful sales team, right? And, and that's the, the question you ask yourself, right? You need the technical guys who are able to communicate that technical knowledge down to a business level and then you need those business guys who are able to capture the business outcomes and and the business needs from the customer put these together to work hand in hand with understanding each other's roles and responsibilities and suddenly you have a super sales team and that's what csap tries to create right to bring the sales guys to bring the technical guys train both of them on the things that they should be strong at as a team, but not only that, how they should work together as a team. And that's the reason CSAP is not solely focused on one aspect, whether it's you know the sales side or the pre-sales technical side. That's why they bring them together into one program. So what I'm getting from that, sir, you're my yang and I'm your yang, basically. But you're, there's a little more yang and yang. And so with <laughs> I think the, the, the maybe the the lingo or the kids lingo nowadays is your work husband or your work wife. <laughs> that's how the AM and the SEO. So which one's which? Uh, Am I your work <laughs> wife? Is that, what, is that what you're trying to get to? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it works both okay. ways. doesn't matter. Perfect. But it's, it's basically kind yeah, of yeah. like that. Gotcha. And then. The process that you go through throughout CSAP. So help me walk through that. There's a technical aspect and then there's a sales aspect. How is that broken down? You mentioned that you get aligned to a team after you complete CSAP. But what does that timeline look like? Let's say there's three stages before CSAP, during CSAP and after CSAP. Let's let's dissect each one of them, right? Before CSAP is you're in the interview process. You've applied to the role and you want to become part of the CSAP program regardless if it's on you you want to become part of the sales side or the engineering side it is a similar interview process or a similar um selection process you start with a phone interview then you do a video recorded interview where you're asked a series of questions that you answer in a recorded video if you make it past that stage, then you attend what we call the assessment center or an interview day where you basically go through several different assessments, you know, a presentation, an assessed role play, an interview. Maybe for some of the engineers, they may have some technical aspects to that as well. Right. So this is the first stage before CSAP. Then you are selected and you're part of the CSAP program. Now, this is divided into two tracks, as we have mentioned, right? There is the sales track and there is the technical track. And each track has a little bit of overlap, but also a little bit of uniqueness that focuses on each strength, right? For us on the, on the technical side, we do six months of bootcamp training focused on the technical aspects of technology. So, you know, the different architectures within Cisco's portfolio. 
after those six months, you spend around six months, the second half of the program, focusing on kind of on the job experience. So working on various projects within Cisco, doing some of the technical pre-sales, you know, shadowing and, and, you know, taking on some of your own initiatives when it comes to that, right? So the second half is spent more in a practical manner, while the first half is more in theoretical manner. That is similar on the sales side with a small difference is that, you know, your focus in the first half is still to learn the technology, but not on a technical depth, but on a business outcome level, right? If a business wants to achieve certain things, what technology should they adopt to do that, right? So your focus is not the into the weeds of the product, but more into the outcomes it provides. The second six months, you know, the CSAP sales associate focus on kind of doing on-the-job experience as well, but now they're focusing on the sales side. So they have maybe a set of accounts from their local country or from the teams they will be aligned to. And those teams will support them in kind of an on-the-job experience within the sales organization. Now, that's the second stage, right? Within or during CSAP. Is, is that clear so far? Any questions? <laughs> no, no, you're, you're nailing it. I'm, I'm tracking. So first stage is theory-based. Second stage is the practicality-based, where you're kind of on the job, learning the ins and outs, shadowing different people and aligning with different teams, correct? Correct. And and maybe to highlight gotcha. one thing, when we talk about boot camps and, and studying and things like that, it is not purely about technology. There, you know, there'll be communication courses in there, there'll be sales courses in there, there'll be brand image courses in there. Probably one of my favorite is, you know, or was one of my favorite during my CSAP year is how to create your own brand or how do you portray yourself to people as the brand you want to be known for, right? So that's one that that's quite important, not technical, but you know, there's a variety of courses in there. Now the final stage, which is the third stage after CSAP, now th this is typically dependent on several factors, but what, what normally happens is you are aligned to a certain team or organization or market segment within the CSAP year to begin with, and then you join them after CSAP, right? For many of us in the SE side, we may be we mostly become technical solution specialists within a certain architecture. So, you know, for example, enterprise networking, you know, the bread, the bread and butter of Cisco, switching wireless LAN and, and things like that. So based on, you know, your interests during CSAP, based on the organizations you're aligned with, you become a technical solution specialist on the technical side. On the sales side, you become an account manager handling a certain market segment within your local country, let's say. Gotcha. And then just for more or for more context as well, what I'd say is that, you know, we do, we do have different architectures within Cisco. And so we have specialists on the sales side called PSSs or VSSs that align with specific architectures to identify those business outcomes. For example, enterprise networking, data center, collab, cybersecurity, and things like that. So, so fast forward, you got through the boot camp, you got through the during, experiencing, shadowing, getting your hands dirty, but now you're getting your hands even more dirty because you're enrolled now, correct? Correct, that is correct. Gotcha. And can you please tell us what your role is now and what you cover and a little bit of your responsibilities there? 
Yeah, definitely. So what I do now is I work with what we consider the American global enterprise segment. So the American global enterprise segment is basically the biggest multinational American brands. I specifically cover those brands in the Middle East and North Africa region. So you're talking about you know, big three, big four consultants, you're talking about financials, you're talking about oil and gas. So a lot of big American brands that we work with at a global level, and I cover those in the Middle East. What is my role? I think to put it simply, I am the glue in the middle between what is technical inside of Cisco and what is the customer's environment and the customer's needs. Right. So I am I am the translation point between the customer and our expert internal resources, which is what they call the system engineer mm-hmm. on the account mm-hmm. team. So basically, you're a big deal. Is what I'm getting, right? <laughs> no, I, I I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I do I do love what I'm doing. I do love the the strategy aspect to it. Being able to understand the customer's technical and business requirements, along with my very very talented account manager here in dubai my my work husband (laughs) there you go i was waiting for you to say something like that (laughs) Um. basically and then being very strategic in advising you know some of the biggest brands in the world on their technology strategy right it's quite rewarding from that sense Mm -hmm. so then it sounds to me that you're juggling a lot of responsibilities you have that technical side of the house which you're solely responsible for, but you also have to keep in mind that your co- your customers are looking for business outcomes. So to bring it down to a more granular level, how do you set up your day f- for to maximize success? What does that look like for Zaid? That's a good question. And I think it's one that initially I, I struggled with a little bit in my first couple of years of, of work, right? How do you get the most out of your day? And what I realized, and I think the one thing that, you know, when I when it hit me, I never went back, is put the things that energize you in your day. Don't wait for them to happen. Meaning, for example, I love to do the kind of, you know, teaching or educational sessions back to other people in Cisco, other teams. You know, I might be familiar with a certain technology that the rest of my team isn't, right? So I'm a lot more proactive these days in creating sessions where I try and give back some of that knowledge to other people in my team or organization or other organizations in Cisco. What that does for me is there is something in my day that I'm constantly looking forward to which means whatever I'm doing, I know there is something rewarding at the end of it. Other than that, I think as an, as an SE or as a systems engineer, one of the things that they're a bit crucial and sometimes they slip for, for, for us when we get busy is the continuous learning, right? Technology is evolving. Cisco is evolving. We always have new, you know, we have new advancements or new features within our technology or even new technology in general through acquisitions, right? And one of the things that's difficult is to keep up with all of this learning that you need to do. So again, I'm purposeful with how I schedule my day where I'll block out an hour or two, you know, for on two, three days of the week. And I'll be like, this time is dedicated for me to keep up or to learn some of the technologies that are important to me. Right. And that what that does is that puts a slot in the calendar. It's decided this is what I'm going to be doing. 
And, and I find that very helpful. The more I schedule things, the more re- real they become, the, the less I'm able to say, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to skip the learning this week, right? Or I'm too busy this week, I can't do it. So that's the second aspect. Yeah. Nice. So I, I hear two things going on here. So one's giving back. So it's a, almost like a charity, charitable or philanthropic endeavor. And the other one's for your professional development and basically your brain, the brain exercises, right? Technical solutions, learning them. It's not an easy task. So I, I suspect that that requires a lot of work and deep work on your part. And something that you said that I, that I really like is a scheduling thing. I think people underestimate the fact that if you have it on your schedule, you're probably going to do it. When, when you give back, right, and then, and then when you try to promote yourself internally, professionally, those are all work-related. What do you do outside of work that maximizes your success within work? Do you yoga? Is it working out? Or is it going for walks? Yeah, so I think, and I think that's one of the points I would probably bring up in, in getting the, the maximum out of my day or the best out of my day. I set certain life priorities that I do not skip on for work. For example, my morning workout. So there are certain things which I've learned to uncompromise on or they are uncompromisable, right? That's one thing that's important. What I also try to do is we, you know, at Cisco, we have the time to give policy or the charity policy where you can can take time off to do the kind of charity work or, or you know projects around giving back in communities not just within Cisco but outside of Cisco as well and what I try to do every year is I try to have one or two projects which are you know a project I work on in a, in a community support fashion what I did do last year is I did a project in Indonesia where we renovated a, a school's playground. So the existing playground was hazardous. The children didn't have a, you know, a safe environment to play in. So, you know, I, I spoke with my manager. I said, hey, there's a project in Indonesia. We're going to renovate a, a school playground. This is what it looks like at the moment. This is the impact of our work. He didn't even he didn't even think twice. He's like, "Yep, you 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 go ahead and and get on that, right?" And that's kind of one of the things that I love about Cisco is you can get the support, the flexibility to do these kinds of things, these kinds of projects. And again, that's another thing that puts energy back in my day. I went on a week to Indonesia. I experienced the culture, experienced the local people, helped rebuild that playground with my hands, which. You know, at the end of it is a profound sense of fulfillment. And, you know, I came back the week after I was I'm ready to go, Cisco. You know, you you've you've let me do what what I want to do, what I like to do. I'm going to make sure that I'm doing you know, I'm happy doing my role. I'm happy doing my job. So I think that's another aspect to it as well. Mm -hmm. I I think you brought up a really solid point there. It's the fact that a lot of companies they promote a certain message, but they don't stick by their values. And Cisco, it's completely flipped. They, they promote and they stick with and they follow through with their message. And being early in career, you know, there seems to be a certain level, like a knowledge gap between who you're supposed to be in work and what you're supposed to be doing. I think Cisco bridges that gap so well and allowing you to be who you are outside and inside of work. And we have that saying it's an inclusive future for all. And I think they really... I think that message re- resonates like throughout the program and, and like you said within your own anecdotes. I think something that you brought up is potential attitude and throwing yourself into the process. 
you strike me as someone who's pretty successful throughout the the CSAT program and even into your career. But I want to pull back the I want to pull back the lid a little bit. What were some instances or some can you give some examples where you had those days where you're like, man, I'm not getting this CCNA question or this DevNet test is kicking my butt or I don't even know what a VLAN is. Can you give us some examples of whether it's a success or a failure or even if you had just failures and they just stayed that way? Yeah, I think for me, I was never a, a programming guy. And then as much as I wanted to be, I always... I was a little bit slower with with understanding how to write coding language and and how to get that together um, compared to some of the other telecommunications or networking topics and so on. And and during CSAP, what, you know, I did struggle in the beginning and what I learned is ask for help. Some of my peers, some of my colleagues in the program, uh, they were brilliant programmers, brilliant coders and I was sitting there one day and I was like, why don't I just get their, you know, get a piece of their mind on how they see it from their perspective and maybe I can learn something, right? And then there was a couple of people there that really went out and, and helped me understand the, you know, for DevNet Associate and DevNet Professional, helped me understand some of the coding, some of the APIs, you know, how how that's done and, and, and everything. And what I was able to do is create bonds and then reciprocate knowledge on certain topics that I was then good at. So from my own, let's say, failure, or not failure, but let's say from my own downfall, I've asked people for help. So I've created bonds, which is already a success in itself. I was able to pass my certification, second success, third success, I was able to help them back in turn and that also creates a kind of camaraderie within the CSAM program. I think it, it is okay to struggle. It is okay to feel that sometimes, you know, there are things you're not getting as quickly as other people. And at that point you should understand that not everyone has the same strengths. Not everyone's gonna cover the same things at the same pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I find it interesting that, you know, that, that level of humility and what it takes to be successful is actually taking a step back and, uh, and really identifying and taking and doing an internal audit of your skill set. But one thing that you always hear throughout leadership in, in Cisco is that everyone has imposter syndrome, that no matter what current corner you turn, that everyone's going to at one point be like, hey, that guy's not supposed to be here. Like, let's check his badge, you know, for example. But is that something you had to deal with going into the program? And I appreciate you being so honest about your experience as well. But is it imposter syndrome something that you've had to wrestle with, given your time as a Cisco employee? Funny enough, we had a team session a couple months back and one of our colleagues kind of did, did a session on imposter syndrome and you know how they felt and some of, some of the aspects around it. And I, I found it very interesting because I did heavily struggle. And every time, and I think every time you get some sort of recognition from leadership or from from others and then you start thinking about the next steps that's when it hits you the hardest because you're like was i even supposed to get that recognition did i did i even do anything special or or is everyone special i'm just here getting lucky right and what what i started to realize after some time is success always has a component of luck but the reality is you make your own luck 
in a way, right? By being there at the right time, at the right place. You can only do that if you are being active because you're not going to always be there. You're not going to always be lucky, let's say. So by being there at the right time, at the right place, by covering the right, doing your homework, doing your you know, preparation. So things like that, that builds your own luck, if, if that makes sense. Going back to the session I mentioned about uh, that one of my colleagues delivered about imposter syndrome, what we found out is some of our colleagues who are 20, 25 years in Cisco with, you know, incredible, incredible knowledge, incredible career, still struggle with imposter syndrome. And I think the, the key about imposter syndrome is it is a double-edged sword, right? It's good to sometimes feel you're out of place because then you that's when you put in the effort and, and the motivation comes in to prove that you are there for a reason, right? But obviously you should not let it control you up to the point where you give up, right? Yeah, a little insecurity is not a bad thing, right? It's going to make you study more for that ARP or for that DevNet test. Exactly. Well, Zay, we're coming up close to the end of the pod, but I want to ask you a couple more questions before we hop off. Given, let's take a look, look back in your career, look back at your journey through Cisco and through CSAP. What advice do you have for individuals who are interested in technology, sales and engineering and or Cisco? Be curious, research the things that you're interested about, know a little bit more and show that curiousness with, with your attitude, right? Nothing says hire me more than the right attitude from what I've seen. My other advice is, and maybe this is a little bit pessimistic, but again, there is no perfect role. There is no role where everything you do is, is going to be something you like to do. There's always a percentage of things you don't like to do. That's okay. Use the flexibility that your company offers. Use the flexibility, if you are within Cisco, to put the things that you do like to do purposefully back in your day. That gives you energy. All right, Zaid, that's all the time we have today. I appreciate you for coming onto the podcast and congrats on all your success. And I keep it going. Thank you very much, Nick. It's good chatting with you and I'll speak to you later. Bye.